And welcome to Play on K, the Korean Drama Podcast, with your hosts Emily and Raquel. And this week we're talking about While You Were Sleeping, episodes 9 through 12. I cannot believe we're almost to the end of this. When we did Goblin, it went on for so long because we split up the episodes so differently. And this way, where we're doing four episodes at a time... Like, we are almost to the end, guys. So fast. But I kind of regret doing four episodes at a time just with this one. I don't usually regret it. But there's so much happening between every two episodes with the cases. Not really with the characters. There's not too much going on with them. Mostly with the cases. It's um, a little clunky with how we split up our episodes and how they split up their cases. Yeah. So I'm sorry that that turned out so weird, we but keep, we're flying through it. Yeah, we keep cutting right into the middle of cases, which has been interesting this week, though. Lucky us, we ended when a case ended, I think, yeah. unless they find some way to bring that back by the next which episode. They could. Yeah. They really might. Yeah. Because every time we say something, anything, it's proven wrong in the gay drama. It's it's not a feel-good podcast. No. We wanted it to be. So sorry. (laughs) It's just a bad prediction podcast. Yep. Which is fun in its own way, right? I actually have no clue uh, if that's fun. (laughs) It's super fun for us. Yeah, we're having a nice time. I guess it's super fun when we're doing the predictions, and then it gets a little, um, there's a bit of shame that comes when we're watching the show and being proven wrong. Really, it just makes me feel like, at the end of the day, we are proof that any idiot can have a podcast. (laughs) If you've got a best friend and a love for something... Really anything. You can make a podcast about it. Get yourself a microphone. Make yourself a podcast. Go do the podcast thing. Um, But yeah, our podcast is about this K-drama. And last week we made a big prediction about the Roomba. Or at least we called them out for just not finding it. Because I thought it was so frustrating that they decided to make that an aspect. I was so mad at them, and so they had to bring it back so that all of the wind could be taken out of my sails. (laughs) This is about me. (laughs) This is all of us. This episode, we were... Just waiting, just waiting for them to figure out the freaking case and put everything together so that uh, Wutok's friend could live a nice life. Because he seems like a nice boy. Yeah, he's a nice young man. They try and make him seem like a villain. I really liked the aspect of um, how the media gets involved and influences a case. Yeah, I, I feel like that happens in a few crime K-dramas. 
Yeah. And I really liked how they play it out in this one. I like it because I think that it's completely true to life. Like, media obviously influences public opinion. But I also like it because Hongju is a reporter. And so it's that also, like, I guess that conflict with they've got the law with Wu Talk, they've got the prosecution um, with Jay Chan, and then they've got public opinion and media with Hongju. And I think that it is such a cool trio that's working together to solve these cases. I think they've done a really cool job with that. It's so flawlessly integrated with how the three of them work together, both professionally and off the clock. Oh, it's cool. Um, so the first, like, half of this episode is, like, um, RMF uh, trying to manipulate the media to to go against... That boy, Hak Young. Yeah. And um, just tries to get the public involved and manipulate basically the entire of South Korea to bend to his will. Because he's a dictator and he's the worst. He's such a terrible person. He is by far and away the most skin-crawly villain I think we've had, which includes the creepy zombie ghost from Goblin. <laughs> but there's just, like, something so terribly distressing to me about someone who's involved with the law who doesn't care whether or not what they're saying and doing is true. It's just about whether or not they win. And that is one of those, I think, like, really base, terrifying concepts. Because at least here in America, and I'm pretty sure Korea because of the way these episodes were framed, it's really impressed upon us that, like, we built this system to be good and just... And so when someone's corrupting that, it's so scary for me on a fundamental level. And he's so good at it. Like, so far he's been losing the game. But they talked about it, and I don't remember if it was... I think it was in a previous episode. But um, they sit him down to interview him after uh, something happens. What... When is I remember, it? That, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> after something happens, um oh, it was it was uh after Jay Chung gets shot, right? Yes, he and Wutak are the um character witnesses. Yes. And he kind of talks about how he I don't know, it just kind of points out how often he perhaps was corrupting the law even when he was a prosecutor just to get what he wanted yeah he says something like oh those reports can be fabricated and they're like wait what nobody would have ever thought the reports from the forensics lab could have been fabricated why would you even say that 
And I think after the interview, the investigator is talking to him outside and he's like, I want you to come work for me because investigator is awesome. Yes. And the investigator is like, um, no, I'm on the path of righteousness now. I am repenting for my ways that the things I did when I was working for you. It's going to be a hard pass. Uh, A real big no. And Wutak overhears, so I think that's going to come back. So I'm not going to say that that just gets swept under the rug. I think it'll come back. I do. I think it'll come back on Investigator Choi, and it worries me for him because I've come to love him. And I don't want him to suffer the consequences of something he probably wasn't even aware he was involved in. But it at this point, I am no longer going to call something and say, how dare you not bring this back up? Because <laughs> I think it'll... You're right. I think it will come back up. And... It has to, right? Yeah. But I have to say, I disagree a little bit. I think, like, I believe Troy is smart enough to know what he did. If he did illegal stuff when he was working for U-Bomb... I think he knew, and he was just like, you know, I work for you, and I'm going to make this choice to keep my job and not fight against my boss for the justice of Korea. Like, that's a hard decision to be like, I wanna, I'm want to, i going to lose my job in order to fight for justice. Yeah. And I think he made that decision to be a little bit of a coward. And so if he pays for it, I don't think it'll be framed as like a, he wasn't really responsible. Or if it is, then it's like, he's in repentance now. He knows he was responsible, but he's making amends, doing his best now. I actually do like the idea of him knowing what was going on in that you're right like he's definitely he's probably the smartest character in the show (laughs) yeah and it would be hard to pull one over on him i think um that said i think if anyone could it would be the rmf that's true but uh i also think that it would be a cool aspect where maybe he started having this conscience on some level when he started working for Jay chan because Jay chan is, like, a surprisingly inspirational character. Like, I didn't see it coming when the K-drama first started because yeah. he seemed so flippant about... Like, it seemed more important to him that he look good than be good. But then as time has gone on, they've kind of made these little tiny, I wouldn't even call them character adjustments, because I think more it's like how we're viewing his character adjustments, where like Hongju points out that he has a hard time making a decision in the moment because he's deliberating on what the truth is, what like yeah. the real answer is, and how things really should be and so yeah as time has gone on he's become this really virtuous character or he always was maybe and like they just are starting to frame him in this really uh virtuous light and i like the idea that 
that changed investigator Choi as well, where, like, as time has gone on, he has realized, like, it's it's good to work for what's right. Yeah, and it it's possible to work for what's right and not lose everything. Yeah. What a cute show. It's so good. It's, it's so good. It's another one of those things where um, I... And it happens all the time in K-dramas. I start to fall a little more in love with the secondary characters and the tertiary characters than maybe the primary people. And I don't mean to do it, and I don't mean to be this way, but I really love the supporting cast. There's something about a supporting cast in a K-drama that always gets me. Like, I love all of the other prosecutors in a way that I didn't expect to. Like, the bespectacled prosecutor, at the first of episode 9, he tries to help Jaechan, um, because he's Jaechan's taking a lot of heat from the media. And Yes, and he gets him his badge and his glasses. Oh my gosh, and he gets uh, rubied up. Yeah, he does go back <laughs> on it pretty soon. Like, it doesn't take long for him to be like, just kidding. But I still think that it's really cool that he, like, those little moments where you see him interact with Jaechan like that, or when he is interacting with Prosecutor Son. Yeah, Chief Son. Yes. Oh my gosh. How did they become the best? This series, this four episode stretch that we're doing for this episode became so beautiful because of their relationship, and I loved it. I didn't think that I would learn most of their names, but they're, they're such worthwhile characters. They were given so much, especially in these last four episodes, like you said, but they've slowly developed Pro-Shin and Pro-Guan and Pro-Sun. Chief I don't know his name. He's fine. He's just the chief. He's a good guy. He's a great chief. Yeah. <laughs> he does his job as chief. Yeah. I don't I don't know his actual name though. Me neither. But they're so good. And I feel like it was the thing that we liked most about All My Venus is that the drama stayed outside of the main relationship and it's something that I'm fine with in this show and I'm glad for it. Like I'm glad that there's not just a bunch of petty drama between Jay Chan and Hangju. But it makes me like a little bit uninterested in them. Yeah. They have this beach scene, I think that's at the end of episode twelve, that's just them hanging out being cute and I'm like, adorable. But I was checked out during that scene. I was doing something else. Same. I don't... It, that's another thing where I, like, I don't want to be that guy, especially two K-dramas in a row, where I'm not rooting for the main couple very hard. But yeah. it's kind of happening again, because... And I don't know what it is, because I think they're sweet together. And I think they've done a decent job of building the relationship, but there's something about this relationship where I keep checking out, too. I'm way more interested in, 
like the legal drama aspect of it. Yes, and they're so. I love watching them as individuals. We're watching Jay Chan and his court life. It's so interesting and watching him be this virtuous, like, statue for good prosecutor that's doing such cool things. And then watching Hong Ju at her job excel at being a reporter and getting the nitty gritty of the nation's news. And, like, I think in episode nine, she reports on the wrongful conviction and she's the only one in the country that wants to do that because she thinks that's what's right. And it's so cool. Like, as individuals, I love them so much. Yeah. But and their together, relationship is fine. Yeah. I don't hate it. I'm not like, why are these people together? I just don't care that it's happening. Yeah. And I honestly don't think I would care if she was with Wutok either. I think... Yeah. That's a solution that I've thought of. I'm like, what if she was with the second lead? It's, It would still just be fine. Yeah, I still don't care about whether or not they're even in relationships. And maybe it's because they've done such a good job. I hate to be this way because I think you can do a good job of both. And I'm not saying that they have done a bad job in any way. I think this is a really well done K-drama. I guess just what I'm saying is they've done such a good job of developing these really intense parts with, yeah, the legal drama, the, like, media drama, the cop drama. Like, they've done this really good job of building these strong characters who have these really interesting ways of processing this information and and learning things and then presenting it um, because it's their jobs and they've done such a good job focusing on that, that when the focus comes off of it, I, I guess I feel almost, like, ejected from the K-drama. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, and I, like, I is feel a, bad about it. There's I, a disconnect. Yeah, and I don't want there to be, but there is for me. Like, I just, yeah. Yeah. Like, you're back to the regular show. And it's cute. But it's not a K-drama show. I was telling Raquel before the podcast, it almost feels more like an American-style show, where their relationship is part of it, but this show feels like it could go on for, like, 12 seasons, and they could just deal with different cases, and their relationship could progress in different ways and on different levels, but it would always be secondary to the cases. Yeah. And you would always be most interested in the legal stuff. Yes, because they have done such a good job of presenting the legal stuff as, a, like, as philosophical arguments. And it's so interesting. Like, I think that all humans on some level are at least a little bit interested in philosophy. And when it's presented well like this, it makes... I don't know. It it makes me want to stay inside of the philosophies. And there is one thing that they did good in these episodes um, where they... And maybe they've been doing it the whole time and this is the first time I caught on to it because I'm a big dope. But <laughs> um, something that they've done here is um, 
they've done a f- this philosophy inside of the case, and then they've also done it inside of the relationship. And it was, like, really cool how they did it. Um, sorry, I guess we're gonna be jumping around in this episode a little bit, because this doesn't come in until the end. But at the end of episode 12, um, they talk about who's at fault for certain, for, like, the crimes, which, can we- Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we take a hot second? Can we put what I was just saying on pause, come back to it in in a minute? Because I do have to talk about how- the worst legal argument I have ever heard in my life <laughs> is that a doctor is responsible for murdering a person who was on life support and brain dead. Uh, like, and I feel like if they played a different music or if you played that scene with no music, it would have been so different like they honestly like they played the most intense music they did their best and they had like they panned around every character and like all of these prosecutors were like that genius like how dare he <laughs> and i was just like no judge with any brain inside of their head would be like oh yes he makes a fine point like, Doctors murder people all the time. <laughs> I'm putting the fucking er, excuse me. I'm putting <laughs> I'm putting the medical field on trial. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. Not how it works. Yeah, yeah. Okay, back to your previous point. Anyway, uh, that little aside, um. They they kind of talk about who's at fault when something happens to people. And it was something they needed to confront because Hongju was destroying herself. Being so guilty over the things she couldn't change or prevent. And mm. I think it's so cool that they took that philosophy from the case to help build Hongju's character in a positive direction. Where it's just like, it is not your fault. That your father was murdered by someone. You didn't murder anyone just because you couldn't prevent it. Yeah. If you take you out of the equation, nothing changes. If you take the soldier out of the equation, everything changes. Yes. That is true. Oh, that was so beautifully all tied together. What good writing it is so good writing, and then she could present her new mentality to her mom, who was being petty. Oh so my petty. And she could be like, this oh. is how I feel now, mom, so you can stop being the worst child. I mean, Hongju herself had a little drama for about ten seconds, where she lied to Jay chan about remembering who he was, and it was just like, I think it lasted... A day. And in the morning, she lied to him. And by the evening, he was like, hey, like, I know you lied. So this is <laughs> just dumb. And then they talked it out. I was like, okay, I'm mad at the unnecessary drama. But I'm happy for any relationship that's based on communication and confronting your feelings. And then her mom jumps in by being like, don't even come to my house anymore. <laughs> 
like, and don't oh. you dare call me mom don't you dare call me mom that broke my heart yeah but i have to say my favorite scene in this whole K-drama, and I'm going to say this now, I might change it with these next four episodes, but I think this might stay my favorite scene of the whole K-drama, is when he goes to the laundromat and Hongju's mom is there, and they just talk, like, person to person, but also scared mother to her daughter's boyfriend, and almost a little bit like mother to son, and my heart melted and then became whole again. It was so sweet. And it was so necessary because they had, like, there had been this jerk back and forth, like, from one mentality to the next that obviously, like, J-Chan did some good, good Korean eaves- excuse me, K-drama, <laughs> K-drama eavesdropping, mm-hmm. like they do. Um, they do yeah. it in American television too. But anyway, they did that good good <laughs> Good K- good eavesdrop. That good good eavesdrop and he knew what the problem was. But it was also so good for them to like talk it out and have her be like, I'm just a concerned mother and I'm just trying my best to understand what's going on and I'm sorry for how petty I've been. And he was just kind of like, I care about your daughter a lot, and I'm going to do what it takes to keep her safe. Oh, and they could have done so easily just her inviting everyone back to breakfast and being like, nothing ever happened, right? And him just being like, I'll, I'll pretend this never happened because I know from eavesdropping what was going on, and I know that you must be over that now. Like, everybody knows and everybody forgives without ever saying anything. And it would have been fine. But it's so much better to me that they actually said it out loud. That it's fine now and we're okay. I do love that. I think it's so good. I think think that all of the best K-dramas that I've watched show characters with really, really open lines of communication because it's so common for there to be misunderstandings because people are, like, trying to protect each other from the truth. Or, like, <laughs> I don't know, like, just some weird lying shenanigans where there's a conflict because no one will talk to each other. And so when the conflict feels like a real conflict based on things that are happening and not just lies that are being told or truths that are being omitted then that is really good conflict to me and I also just like I don't know I just like when good communication tactics are portrayed in media because it's I'm, I get so over dealing with <laughs> like well I'm just butt hurt, so I'm not gonna talk about what is happening yes I think Raquel and I are very simple people who just need Good friendships and good communication in our K-dramas. Right? Like, I don't care what the conflict is, as long as it's not about friendship, and as long as it's not about communication. Like, those two things have to be rock steady. And then we're fine. Yep. Everything else is fine. You can get through anything with friendship <laughs> and feelings. <laughs> Oh, man, we're cheesing it up now. Yep. 
<laughs> bringing it, bringing it to the cheesy place. Bringing it to the cheesy place. We also love the drama. We also, yeah. I live for the drama. I live for these we good, good, for these murders. <laughs> Those three things: friendship, communication, and murders. That's all we need. Mix them all together, and you've got yourself a good K drama. <laughs> You know what happened in episode 12 that you predicted so correctly and I was like, proudest moment. Because for what? once, one prediction went so well. You were like, talking about the green, the green umbrella of death. <gasps> yes. And how it's about to get passed around. Because you know they pull that crap. Who's you knew they it's had like, to. It's like the most deranged game of, like, Duck, Duck, Goose. Like, who's gonna <laughs> end up with that umbrella? Who's gonna be there with the green umbrella when everything goes to hell? So I think I wrote that guy's d name down. Um, it might be easier if we have a nickname for him. Do you have any recommended nicknames? <sighs> Let's go with... <laughs> Did you write down his name? Let's go with Sad Dad Boy. <laughs> Sad Dad Boy, that's good. Sad Dad Boy. It's got a good rhyme. Um, so Sad Dad Boy has quite the storyline over these four episodes, where when, gosh, little brother, I also wrote down his name. Jaychan's little brother. It's like gets ostracized. Something I don't remember. I don't know. Why I'm <laughs> trying. Why am I trying to bring it back? We are hopeless. Song one? I, maybe. <laughs> okay, little brother gets ostracized at school because Jay chans case is um, thrown into the media and everyone finds out that they're related. So he has to sit at the lame kid's table with the kid whose dad is in jail and they kind of form a little bond. High schoolers are so savage. I know that this is just, like, a drama, like, a dramatization of high schoolers, and I like to think that this is not how it is, but also, there's this part of me that has legitimately forgotten what it's like to be a teenager and what it's like to be in high school, and I think, like, the high school that Emily and I went to was, like, super pure from my my memory, like, like, yeah. terrifying things didn't happen. I'm sure, like, it wasn't a pleasant experience for everyone. I, I didn't love it, but I didn't... I never felt like anyone... I don't know. I was never... did you? Yeah. Like, I was never afraid of weird, crazy, like, bullying problems. We grew up in a religious community. Really, the, like, highest form of bullying was just like, people who felt not included because they weren't religious, and that was, I that don't was know. Us, so. Yeah, that was us, that was, and, and it wasn't a big deal, like, I don't feel like it impacted me in a hugely negative way, so. Yeah, it didn't impact me at all. So for me, it's like, not only did I have a very soft upbringing, but there's, there is a part of me that believes in different communities. It is scary like this, where, like, kids start crazy fist fights over, like, family drama and, like, intense bullying, like, freeze-out bullying. 
Yeah, over who you're related to. Yeah. Oh, but and- I... I- I mean, I'm. I was glad for it because, uh, sad, sad dad boy. Is that his nickname? Because yes. sad dad boy needed a friend. He did need a friend, and this gave him that. And... I. So yeah, um, that's bananas. Their high school is crazy. Yeah, out of control. I thought. That the uh, most out of control person was just the little murderess, and she had left. But I was <laughs> wrong. No, they're all a little bit cracked, yep. a little bit broken. So um, they kind of become friends, and um, Sad Dad Boy ends up going to Author Moon's trial. Right? He goes to Moon's trial, right? Yes. Okay, not the Archer girl. Mm-mm. He goes to Arthur Moon's trial, watches Jay Chan in action, and he asks Little Brother a couple times to ask Jay Chan about getting his dad out of jail. Because his dad is innocent, and he's wrongfully convicted and sitting in jail, and. Little bro's, like, pretty uncomfortable by that request. Yeah. As you would assume. It is. It's an uncomfortable request, but also part of me is so sad that he didn't say yes. And I know why he didn't. Like, I think it was more realistic that he was just like, this is not going to be, like, a current issue that my brother can deal with because he has another trial that's happening and so I'm gonna dodge the question like a ninja he was so good yeah and I'm sure if they had more time to like build a friendship he would have he would have done something but I think he was gonna just work slowly I think Lil Bro was just uncomfortable with being like, I met you like three days ago and I found out your dad was in prison for murder and now you're like, help me out, bro. Like, that's a big favor. Yeah, like that's a big ask. So, uh, it's so hard. I think given more time, something would have happened. But yep. they didn't have more time. It's too late now. At the end of episode 12, his dad commits suicide. Sad dad is dead and sad dad boy is sad he's so sad and he gets um rms umbrella the the murder green umbrella (laughs) murder green umbrella and he's unstable right now so i mean i don't know he's capable of anything i feel like but i'd like to think that he's not a murderer but we don't really know where the where the murder green umbrella will end up I don't even know. Um, I guess we'll have to find out in the next four episodes, which feels insane. It feels insane that that's all going to come to a climax on the next episode of Play on K. Like, we only have one more episode, and they're going to clear all this up. I can't. I can't even imagine it, because I feel like we are... I don't know. I just feel like there's still so much to go. It's that thing where near the end, I feel like K-dramas present more drama than they can conclude. They always manage (laughs) very well. Like, there's never been a K-drama that I didn't feel 
like that I watched that I didn't think did it justice or like tied up all of their loose ends. Yeah. But that said, here we go. This will be the first one that just ends with a cliffhanger. It just ends with a cliffhanger, and we're like, <laughs> all right. I don't get it. So season two. Yeah, maybe they'll just have a season two. And I then, think that happens sometimes. And then it really will be a. Uh, like American television. Yeah, I'd, I'd watch it. I mean, I'm worried. I feel like it would be like American television if they didn't have the dream of Hongju getting murdered hanging over everything. Yep, like that's the big kicker. And that's another thing Um, where because we're entering the final four episodes, for once I'm not afraid for anyone, uh, we were talking about... Jay Chung getting shot before we started the podcast because he gets shot in all of the misunderstandings. You guys watched the episodes, you know. <laughs> we were all there. I sure hope you did. This one's been a scrambler. This one's been all over the place. It's like it's like when we watch a new K drama and we can't get our feelings in a GD pile. Like we can't sort mm-hmm. through them, so we just dump them all that's been this episode <laughs> and Good. yeah welcome to play on k <laughs> we're your mess messes your mess hosts emily and Raquel. <laughs> um anyway he gets shot and i just remember thinking i am not worried about him because we're it's only episode nine I don't, mm-hmm. he's fine. Like, he's still got so many episodes that he has to be in. He's the main, he's the male lead. And so that is one thing about, um, I guess the structure of this K-drama is that the main characters keep getting threatened with death. And I don't worry about them until the final four episodes. At that point, like... Yeah, I was like, are you still not worried? Because I'm pretty sure it's going to be like a goblin ending, and Hongji's going to die, and I'm going to be so sad and torn apart. And then they'll be like, but it's reality this time, and not a dream, so... And not goblin. So she's just dead, and I will be torn to shreds. Oh yes, I will be very sad. I am now worried. I will be worried when we watch these next four episodes, I just was not afraid for Jay Chan. I was like, he's gonna yeah. pull through. He's still and got... he pulled through so fast. Yep, it took him, like, one episode, and then Mom, <laughs> who was on her salt fest, kicked him right out of the house. Yeah, kicked him when he was down. Yep. Ugh. You know who I was afraid for, though? Uh, multiple times, and I always will be, because he is my precious baby. I was very afraid for Wu Talk when the guy who shot the old guy who shot Jay Chan was hunting was him. Hit him. Yeah, I was like, no, like I was. No, I am Wu-Tok. not afraid for the male lead in a K drama up until the end of a K drama. I am afraid for all of my very favorite secondary characters who I love like my children. Yeah, they're so fragile. And that is the second uh. time that I've been very <laughs> afraid for Wu Talk. And then they tried to make me afraid for a main character, and I was just like, you can't hurt them. They're fine. 
let's focus on the the person that you could kill off and continue the show. One who isn't invincible. Yep. Oh. He's fine. Woodjack's fine. Yep. He's great now. He did not get he hit always, by a car. He always pulls through. He didn't get hit by a car. And then he went to interrogation with RMF and smoked him. Smoked it was so cool. Him. I loved that scene. Because when they put him in the room together, I was like, oh, this is like a Mortal Kombat situation. Like, <laughs> ready, fight. <laughs> Even though they were on the same side of the table, like fighting for the same thing. For some reason, it turned into this little salt fest. Yeah. And which talks so clever that he won, and I was so proud. It just goes to show that Wu Tuck is so pure. I like I don't know what secrets of his they're gonna drag up that makes me yeah. feel like he isn't the purest because he's so pure, but he's also so smart that he, a cop, feet on the ground cop. Just an, another average Joe guy, or at least we're supposed to believe, could go head to head with like the snake in the grass corporate lawyer and win. Like what? Wutak. What? My man. Your boy. Your boy. The Wutak. <laughs> oh, he's so good. I'm, yeah, I'm bummed that that's. Another part of the storyline is that they're like, oh yeah, Wutak's got a bunch of like dark secrets. Not not ready for those to come out. No. Nope. It'll be fine if they just end the show and never bring it up. It's going or if to he's take... just like my secrets is that I'm an orphan. And you're like, that makes you more lovable, not less. Right. Or like my secret is that I was a ghost the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Still okay. Still fine. It would take so much for him to, like, be knocked off of the pedestal I've placed him on. It's a sturdy pedestal. <laughs> I love him a lot. That's fair. We'll find out um, within the next four episodes, because everything's just going to come to an end. Yep. It's going to be... I don't know how. Absolute chaos. <laughs> At the end of the at the end of the K drama, your TV just lights on fire because it can't handle anything more. It spontaneously combusts. It's part of the fun <laughs> of K dramas. At the end, you have your own drama to deal with because you have to put out the flames of your dead multi hundred dollar <laughs> TV. Oh, I live in a paper house. Oh boy, I can't handle that. You gotta watch it outside. Gotta watch it outside. Be ready for the combustion. It's okay. I watch a lot of K-dramas. I'm used to this. Yep. Ready for the next one. Always ready. Oh yeah, speaking of the next one, if anyone's listening, start sending in your suggestions yeah. for what we should watch next. Because there are so many th there's so many places we could go, and I think this is the first time where we haven't been discussing it. Like, I honestly don't know what we're going to watch next. Oh, I do. Um, I've got some suggestions. But if anyone sends in better suggestions, I'm down. I'm very excited. I forgot to ask you. We totally talked about dramas, and then I just ended up talking about Terrace House for like an hour before <laughs> we started podcasting. 
So go watch Terrace House. It's in comment on our podcast. Really good. It's really good. We will never do Terrace House here because this is play on K where we review K dramas. But I can't tell you what Terrace House is. And I also can't express to you how much I love it. <laughs> I don't even know where to go from there. Um, watch the next four episodes. Yes. Finish this one. Do it strong. I feel like there's almost certainly something that we just completely missed talking about with this episode because we could not get our little ducks in order. We are. It's a lot. It's a mess. It's a mess. We're a mess. We knew who we were coming into this one. Um, But if there's something we missed out on mentioning... Mention it to us. Email us. Um, there, We always have the bonus episodes at the end of the uh, K-drama, and we'll do a bonus episode. And if there's something, like, big that we missed, we will talk <laughs> about it. We will, we'll bring it back. We'll bring it back up. We'll beat it into the ground. Like, what else are we going to do with our time? And we'll give you a shout-out at the same time. Yep, so let us know. Email us. Uh, our email is playonkpodcast at gmail.com. Or comment directly on the episodes at playonk.com. Yes, uh, or you can tweet at us. We have a Twitter. It's at playonk. Or you can find us on iTunes, the Play on K Podcast. Comment there and subscribe. That is going yeah. to do us so much good if you subscribe to us. But really, any way you want to get in touch, I am there for, like, I'm here for it. Just be sure that if you ever do spoilers, you email them to us just so no one else sees them. Yeah. Keep that just with us. I'm fine with spoilers. I don't know if Raquel is. Yeah, I don't. I'm fine with spoilers. I'm totally fine with spoilers, especially if it's like, I don't know, for me it's like, There are some things I don't want spoiled for sure, but I'm not going to be picky about it, first of all. And second of all, if there's something, like, you're super excited to talk to us about, I'm excited to talk about it with you. I'd rather have the spoiler. (laughs) Yes. So let us know. Get in touch. And we'll be back next week with the finale. Um, shout out to James Hevel for doing our theme song. The talented, the myth, the man, the legend, James Hevel. <laughs> James Hevel, thank you so much. Thank you, James, and thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks, guys. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye.